Hi guys, welcome back. This is Jess. This is the Not Carrie Bradshaw podcast and I am back at you semi-consistently. I'm working on that. Um, On today's show, it's just going to be me talking by myself for I think the first time on here. So bear with me. I hope it's fun and interesting. Uh, I'm going to obviously start off with a fashion tip and then give you guys a quick rundown of my trip to Paris, which was amazing. Then I want to talk a little bit about what I'm watching on TV right now, because as you know, mama likes her TV. And then we have to get into what the hell is going on with Nicki Minaj. So stay tuned. Welcome back. Hello to all of my new listeners. Hello to my loyal listeners. What's up? Let's get into it. You guys know fashion is my first love, so we got to keep this thing off right with a little fashion tip. Coincidentally, I am fresh from a brief uh, shopping trip to my favorite store right now, Aritzia. Um, This isn't an ad. I wish it were. If anyone out there is listening and has a connect, hook your girl up. I'd love some free shit to promote this store. But honestly, I'm obsessed with it Uh, just because the quality is really good. It's a pretty good midway price point between like Zara and actual high-end designers, and I'm doing everything that I can to stay away from fast fashion, so Aritzia is really helping me out there. My fashion tip to you guys, though, if you can, take a break from online shopping. I live for a good shopping experience, and when I say a good shopping experience, I really enjoy the energetic exchange between Myself and like a really good sales associate who actually really knows the products, um, has a good idea of what might look good on you because they've seen, you know, the pieces on different body types. And, you know, sometimes those people will like look out for you and let you know when something is on sale. I just don't really think that online shopping can fully ever replace an in-person shopping experience. Like I love a good fitting room. Like the lighting, the floor to ceiling mirrors, like give me all of that and give me like a great sales associate. Like I am a people person. I love connecting with people. And especially if we can connect about fashion and you can let me know when the next sale is coming or, you know, any of that. I just really enjoy that. And I think you end up making purchases that you're happier with. For me, when I shop online, I always end up having to send shit back. Like, or I don't want to go through the return process. And like right now I have like swimsuits and just random stuff in my closet that I can't do anything with because I can't return it. I, you know, it's just, it's weird. I don't know. I'm just not a huge fan of online shopping unless it's an absolute must. So as we're gearing up for our fall wardrobes, I just want to encourage you guys to actually step into a store. Um, Just give it a try. See what happens. You might love it. So that's my fashion tip. Um, Just going to tangentially 
rollover to talking a little bit about my trip to Paris, the home of fashion, depending on how you look at it. Um, I went to Paris for my 32nd birthday with my best friend. Shouts out to her. Hey, girl, I love you. Um, We were there for four days. I stayed in a neighborhood called Montmartre. I still feel like I'm not pronouncing that correctly, but um, I wrote all about it on my website, so you can check that out. Paris was magical. It changed my life. I mean, it was like New York, but cleaner and much more classy and with nicer people. Um, A lot of people were concerned. They were like, you know, oh, you know, food is going to be so expensive. I'm going to be real with y'all. The thing that costs the most in New York is the food. Like, yeah, the rent is kicking all of our asses, but food in New York is so expensive that it didn't even feel like much of a change Um, when I was in Paris. I ate good. I didn't do a whole lot of shopping because I really wanted to spend what money I had because y'all know I'm not a rich bitch yet but I wanted to spend what money I had on experiencing Paris and honestly it's not a whole lot of high-end designer shit there that I can't get here because New York is a fashion capital as well so I really enjoyed just walking around seeing the architecture we made a mistake and rolled up on the Tour de France um, at the Louvre just I can't put it into words like pictures don't do it justice it's just a vibe like I loved it I can't wait to go back and visit but I'm gonna be doing like a full in-depth rundown about Paris on my friend Evan's podcast 195 stamps shouts out to him so I will be sure to link you guys to that episode where we get into the real nitty gritty. But I just wanted to let you guys know really quickly that Paris is amazing. It's a dream and everyone should go if they can. Um, so that's that on that. Next up, what I'm watching. So many of my friends were like, have you started Euphoria? Have you started Euphoria? And I'm like, I'm just, I was not pressed to get into it because I am not a huge fan of heavy, heavy stuff. Um, Excuse me, especially if I'm having a hard time in my personal life, like, you know, emotionally, if I'm having a rough time in therapy or, you know, just anything dealing with my mental health. I really can't watch heavy stuff like that. I don't even understand how or why people listen to sad music when they're sad. That just pushes me over the edge. Like, I really can only listen to Adele if I'm in a really good place. Otherwise, I will get triggered and start thinking about relationships I haven't been in in years. And it's just not cute. So, is that all that to say? I finally got into Euphoria. My God. The performances on that show. I... When Homeboy started banging his head on the ground and just started flailing his body around and his daddy was like, oh, this nigga crazy, crazy, and got the hell on. Like, I know this is going to sound spacey, but I sometimes, like, forget that I'm watching a show, you know, which is the point, basically. You know, if someone's a good actor, that's what you're supposed to do. But I felt so pulled into all of those individual stories Um, I think when there's like an ensemble cast, people really, really want to say, okay, well, who did you identify with? I 
couldn't identify with none of them kids. <laughs> like, high school just wasn't like that for me. Um, if people were doing drugs, I didn't know about it. I wasn't doing them. Like, I don't really know people in my immediate circle who really even drank like that in high school. But, you know, all in all, it was a beautifully shot well-performed show. Um, I don't know how accurate it is to what kids are going through now. Um, I feel like it probably is, which makes me sad and scared. Um, I think on one hand, like that generation has the benefit of having access to a whole lot more information than we did before. So they are a little bit more open-minded than we were, but that's like a double-edged sword because they're so young taking in a lot of information when they're still figuring themselves out. I think the way they talked about mental health was really, was done really well. Um, I was quietly rooting for the drug dealer the whole time. I don't know what it is about that kid. He's just, there was something so charming about him and maybe it's because he talks a little bit like my homeboys from home. I don't know. It's something about that character. I think his name was Fez. Um, I'm blanking on names right now. But I highly recommend watching Euphoria. I'm hoping they get a second season. I think Zendaya did a beautiful job. Um, I don't know if this is her first dramatic role, but if it is, like she knocked it out of the park. Like she killed it. Um, I was so happy to see her and Storm Reed on screen together. It just made sense for them to be sisters. Like I think I forgot that they aren't related in real life. Um, they just are so cute together. Their chemistry was just so. It was beautiful. I think the cinematography reminded me of Moonlight and Sharp Objects, where sometimes it just felt like you were looking at an actual just picture. Something about that. I don't know what that style of cinematography is called, but I just thought it was really beautiful. So I highly recommend watching that if you can handle being triggered by drug use and a lot of dick. Yo, there's a lot of full frontal male nudity in this show, which on the one hand, I appreciate because I am a woman, but it's like we've been looking at naked women for so, 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 so long. So even though this show had a lot of dick, it kind of just evens out for the amount of like full frontal female nudity we've been seeing since the dawn of time. So I kind of appreciated it. I think it might have been a bit jarring for a lot of people. But anyway, it's a great show if you can handle seeing um, that type of material. One of my brothers got me into watching Billions, which is on Showtime, I think. Um, It stars Paul Giamatti, who I just love his face. It's so interesting to me, his face. It's not that he's necessarily attractive. There's just something alluring about his face. Kind of like Benedict Cumberbatch. I cannot decide if that man is attractive or weird looking or both. Anyway, Billions is basically about two rich, privileged white men having a pissing contest, like on a large scale, basically. Um, Yeah, Bobby Axelrod is like a big time, like stockbroker, I guess you would call it. This show really let me know that I am like financially illiterate. I had to Google stuff as I was going along. Um, But he's basically a big time stockbroker. Paul Giamatti's character plays, um, is it the state attorney, assistant district, the district attorney, whatever. 
um, who's trying to prosecute him and anyone who's committing those any kind of like white collar crimes. It gets really, really, really interesting. And then at a point, it's like, do y'all just have a crush on each other? Why don't y'all just kiss and move on? It's interesting. Um, A lot of the references, I think, kind of can go over your head because naturally these people are supposed to be like very well educated and they make a lot of references that I again google who did what I don't know nothing about that so I think billions is cool if you just want to watch rich white people beef with each other over rich white people shit it's kind of cool it's a lot of um drama and intrigue Lastly, I have gotten heavy into this British comedy called Dairy Girls. It's so cute. It's so raunchy. It's so funny. I'm a huge fan of British comedy. I think I'm just a fan of British television, period. So many things that I've seen this past year that I love. Uh, Fleabag, Killing Eve. I've been a fan of Luther. If you haven't gotten into Luther, start today. You will be addicted. I mean, any excuse to look at Idris Elba. But Dairy Girls is a comedy about a group of friends from the 90s who live in Northern Ireland during this, I guess you could call it like a civil war between um, Ireland and Britain. And even though these kids are kind of in a little bit of a war zone the way that they do the comedy oh my god I I found myself literally laughing out loud I was also really happy that there was a Game of Thrones character on there I feel like I'm always looking for Game of Thrones characters on British shows just because it makes me happy to know that they're getting other work and their lives are still flourishing because they deserve after the way that show dicked us over the last season but we ain't gonna talk about it because I'm trying to stay positive today So that's what I'm watching. Drop down the comments. Let me know what you guys are into. Give me recommendations because I'm always looking for new things to download and binge. And we're going to take a break and we'll be right back for our main topic of discussion because we got to unpack what the hell is going on with Nicki Minaj. Stay tuned. Take a deep breath together. (sighs) Exhale. Let's just get into it. Let me preface this by saying I have been a Nicki Minaj fan since 2009. I was introduced to Nicki Minaj's music the same year, almost same time period as I was introduced to Drake's. And it was like such a moment for me. It was my senior year of college. I was about to graduate and go out into the world um, in a recession where there wasn't no damn jobs. I had to move back home with my mama. Um, But either way, the first time I heard Nikki, I think it was um, Itty Bitty Piggy. And then I found out that she was like linked up with Gucci. And this was like Gucci's like Wilt Chamberlain days, like those mixtapes, which I still love. Um, was just listening to them in the gym the other day. Um, and I was like, oh my God, who is this? Like, I love her. It's just the her flow, like everything. Like she was giving you legit bars. And my hope was like, oh my God, I just hope she goes like super far. I hope she doesn't remain like a mixtape artist. And 
I had such high hopes for her. And then I saw her and I was like, oh my gosh, she's so pretty. And just, I have a thing about like pretty girls who can like be ratchet, but also smart. I think it just reminds me of like girls who I grew up with and like low key what I've kind of always aspired to be. Like I love being from the South side of Atlanta. I love the people who I know. I love the things that I've seen and the things that I've experienced. But I also love that I feel like I can like go anywhere and hold a conversation with anybody. And Nikki really like gave me that kind of vibe. And yeah, I was so excited about her when she first came out. So then I remember her being on the My Chick Bad remix. Um, what really I think solidified it for a lot of people that she's a legit talented lyricist was her verse on Monster. She got on Monster and bodied everybody. And it was like, you cannot deny her talent. Like, I think that was a time where even dudes had to admit, like, she's it. So I can't honestly say that I have been particularly happy with any of Nikki's solo albums. I've always wanted Beam Me Up Scotty Nikki, and we just never got that back. Um, I think she would give it to us on features because I feel like maybe on some level she felt like she had to go harder on other people's records to prove herself. Um, but even when she went through like her pop phase, I was just like, you know, this is what she got to do to make her money. Like, I'm still a fan. I'm still tuned in. Like, I'm here for it. Um, I think she gave us a lot of fun visuals. I think her looks were camp and fun. And yeah, I just continued to be excited about her. So I was the resident Nicki Minaj fan to the extent that if she did something like my friends almost like would look at her and think about me immediately. So fast forward to where we are now. Every week, somebody texts me like, what's up with your girl? Bruh, it's so hard to be a Nikki fan these days. <laughs> like, I don't know how to defend this shit, y'all. Like, Nikki is, she's an extremely talented rapper. She's an extremely talented lyricist. I will die on the hill believing that she writes her own stuff, even if she didn't. That's really not something I care about because a person can write but not be able to actually spit. We've seen that. Um... I think the turning point where I started to be concerned that something was up was maybe when she did the shit with Miley, where she called her out on whatever MTV blah, blah, blah awards those were. And it was like she was making a really good point about cultural appropriation, but in a really weird way. Um and I think that continues to be a pattern with Nikki where her points are valid always. I even remember like her first MTV documentary. I used to rewatch that all the time because she had this speech about pickle juice where she was basically talking about the disparity between a woman bossing up and a man bossing up. And she was saying, you know, if I show up at a photo shoot where they have like a couple of pieces of like cold cuts and pickle juice and I don't settle for that, then what am I going to be left with? Pickle juice. She obviously does it better than I could, but she's always tried really hard to make this point that the world just is not fair to women 
And it isn't. And that's true. And I think people have given her a really hard time with telling her that, you know, she hasn't shown enough love to Lil' Kim. And, like, I remember when she first came out, all she did was, like, shout out Lil' Kim. But it's, like, when women come out as rappers, people immediately need for them to pay homage to so many people before. And I just don't see people give men that same kind of energy or, you know, these young rappers now you'll ask them who their biggest inspiration is and they don't even know a lot of who we consider to be like the pioneers of rap and I don't even feel like people give them that hard of a time for that but even with Megan who I'm a huge fan of right now they keep asking her over and over again like who do you love as in female rap and just even that conversation it's like you're those the media tries to spark a controversy where there isn't one So I find that frustrating because that's a fair it's fair for her to not want to deal with that. It's fair for her to want to defend herself. But to what extent? What about your delivery? (laughs) You know, it's kind of like with Monique, where Monique was talking about how she was blacklisted and she was done so wrong. Yeah, you were. And that's messed up. And we want to root for you. But it's your delivery. It's how you're coming across. And I think that Nikki just is not on a large scale. She's not likable to people. I've always liked her. I don't know why so many people didn't see it for her off rip, though. There was always something about her personality that people just did not find endearing or sincere. And I don't think that's fair either. In a lot of ways, I don't think that Nikki has been given a fair shake. But I also do not think that Nikki's doing very much to help herself these days when she goes off on these rants and screaming and yelling. And, bruh, it wouldn't even be cool for a dude to do that. You know, you're in an interview and you want to, you know, voice your opinion, state, you know, state your facts and like say how you feel about things. You can articulate those things in a way where it can actually be I don't even want to say positive, positively received, but at least heard. When you come at people the way she's been coming at people lately, it gets lost in translation. Like, your points are so valid that, yeah, women shouldn't be expected to just be well-behaved and to, you know, sit down and take unfair treatment because men don't have to do that and men get to be considered bosses when they come into a room and like tell everybody shut the fuck up or whatever and women don't get that same energy that's a very valid point but do you think at this point in your career that you're actually being heard I don't know I don't I I I don't see it um I think the final straw for me was this whole thing with black bitches like fam (laughs) I love how people forget who they are. Sis, you're a black bitch. Like, why would you come at us like that? Like, if anything, like, we're your core supporters. And it's crazy how people will forget that they're black until they get treated like they're black. And I think a lot of times Nikki weaponizes her black womanhood when it's beneficial to her in the name of feminism, in the name of womanhood or whatever, but it's like you don't have that same energy until it affects you. 
And I really can't take anyone seriously who does anything in the name of womanhood or feminism when they don't actually know what they're talking about. Like, read an essay, read a book, like, actually know what you're talking about. You can't make music for like 10 years about basically selling your pussy and then like come out and shade other girls for doing the same thing like what even was that it's just it's a lot of hypocrisy and a lot of back and forth and a lot of inconsistency too where a lot of times like people will text me like what is Nikki talking about and I'm like bruh I've been lost for a while I I rarely know what's going on And then with the whole Cardi thing, I really just didn't want to believe that she was hating on her. I really didn't. I still don't understand the nature of that beef. For a while, I thought that it was something that just the media concocted until that weird fight that wasn't even really a fight um, at the Fashion Week event. I just, I don't know what's up with Nikki. I think that she's having a hard time actually getting her point across in a way that makes sense and in a way that it's going to be well-received and respected and in a way that's going to actually get her results. And the reason that that super concerns me as a fan of her music or what I know that she's capable of doing musically is that I'm concerned that she's not growing. If you look at any rapper who has longevity and success or any performer, period, who has longevity and success, it's because they grow up along with their fan base. I think that's a huge part of the reason why certain rappers who shall remain nameless kind of can't pop anymore because it's like, yeah, you're a strong lyricist, but you're talking about shit that we ain't really talking about no more. I'm afraid that if she keeps going down this path, we're not going to see any growth in the music. And that's where it's really going to get bad. I'm concerned that she's moving away from what her competitive advantage is, which is the fact that she's a great lyricist and she's actually a pretty dope performer. Don't try to leave with your personality, sis, because that's never been your best selling point on a... On a large scale, that's not why people bought into you. People bought into you because of your talent. People bought into Cardi because of her personality. There's something warm and endearing about her. that She's self-deprecating in a way that doesn't make people uncomfortable. She can lead with her personality because that's what people bought into with her. That's not why anyone signed up for Nicki Minaj. Lead with the art lead with the rap give us what we signed up for and let's move on from there what I really want to see happen I want Nikki to take a year off I want her to travel I want her to stay off social media I want her to stay out of the conversations I want her to do what Beyonce did like must have been like 10 years ago now where it's like we didn't see or hear from Beyonce for a minute and she just traveled the world and like you know, had some experiences, and I think she experienced. I think that she experienced personal growth in and of herself, and you could see it when she came back. You could see that maturity in her music, in her art, in the things that she put out, even in her strategy. I want Nikki to do the same. I want her to take a break. I want her to step back. I want her to get into therapy if she isn't already. I want her to work on her self-care because a lot of her behavior just comes off as being painfully insecure. 
And I know that because I've been there and I just want her to take some time and come back with a fresh set of eyes, with some fresh material, with some new things to talk about. And let's go from there. I never want to give up on her like as a fan, but I'm going to tell y'all, it's rough because I can't abide haters. And sometimes Nikki just comes off as a hater. And I, I don't want to see that for her. Like, I want so badly for her to be the queen of rap. I want so badly for her to actually be out here doing what I thought that she was going to be doing back in 2009 when I first heard her. And I will say, too, just as a woman myself, I think it's messed up that women get a bad reputation for not being friendly if Like, you could just walk into a room and be chill and just be regular. If you're not overly friendly to every single person in the room, somebody, especially if you're pretty, somebody going to swear up and down that you have a bad attitude. Somebody somewhere going to be like, oh, well, she ain't speak or she looked at me crazy or whatever. So I've never really wanted to buy into this belief that, like, Nikki's a difficult person to work with, that Nikki hates women. It's such an easy narrative to sell about women. It's too easy for people to believe, oh, she's a bitch. When low-key, she probably just asked the wrong person where the bathroom was. Like, it could be anything. Anything could convince a person who already doesn't want to like you that they shouldn't like you. I I mean, I went through that shit in college and it was really like I understand that on a personal level where in your mind you're just existing. But the way that you're existing is offensive to somebody else. It's messed up and it's nothing that you can really do about it. But what you absolutely can't do is go scorched earth because that never gets anything accomplished. Man, woman or child going scorched earth, even if it gets you heard for five minutes, people are going to be so distracted by your delivery that your messaging gets lost. And I, I don't want to believe that she's this awful person that people have made her out to be because that's just again it's just an easy lie to tell on women it's an easy lie for people to believe it's easy for people to say that a woman is difficult to work with if she has any manner of standards think about every homeboy you know who has ever told you that every girl he ever dated was crazy was she crazy or did she just have standards you couldn't meet bruh like Let's be real. So I don't want to be one of the people who's looking at Nikki unfairly. I just want her to get it together. I want better for her. And I really want her to take a step back and like do some reflecting, do some growing, maybe actually read some feminist literature um, so that she can know what she's talking about when she starts going to these places where I just don't think she actually knows where she actually is. Um, in terms of talking about feminism or womanhood and, and not weaponizing that to your benefit. So those are my thoughts. Like, I, I want better for her, but I don't know, y'all. I don't know what's going on. I'm worried about her. I keep thinking sometimes it seems like she's having meltdowns, like very public meltdowns. And I don't like to ever say that someone has mental health issues because we can't bastardize that because it's a real thing. But something is awry. And I just hope she figures it out. And I want to continue to be a fan. But like, 
I don't know where the where, where's the material, where's where's the music that I can really like get into. I, I don't know. So we'll see what happens. We love you, Nikki. We want you to be okay, girl. But you can't be calling us black bitches. Like we the ones who gonna be there when the smoke clears. <laughs> These black celebrities don't. Sometimes it's like they forget. At the end of the day, you're still black. And when these people remind you that you black, all you gonna have is us. We're the last people you want to shit on. Like, you can't stand up in the name of black women and then shit on black women like that. Like what? Anyway, those are my thoughts. I wish Nikki well. I'm, I'm hoping the music at least comes back hard. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I'm struggling. Let me know what y'all think. Drop down in the comments. Um, That's going to wrap up the episode. Just my random thoughts about someone who I had very high hopes for, but who I am slowly losing faith in their ability to actually deliver. Um, So yeah, like, comment, subscribe. Um, Follow me on Instagram. You can check out my website, notcarriebradshaw.com. Send me some money if you want to. You can slide in my DMs. I'll let you know what my cash app is. Um, Because I'm tired of going to my day job. Um, I would really like to just be able to talk to y'all full time. So if y'all could just make that happen for me somehow, you know, legally. Um, Tell your daddy to send me some money. Whatever works. Have a great week. Take care. I will be back sooner than later with another episode. Thank you guys for listening. Bye.